And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a, prod, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. Ooh, that tongue twister. Yeah, it's Monday morning. Uh, this is Around Livingston. It's where I sit down with this gentleman, and we talk about what's going on, believe it or not, around Livingston. So I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick. Good morning, sir. Good morning. This is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. And then today we got plenty to talk about. First and foremost, we're going to start off with the schools. Of course, that's a, a big topic of conversation here around the parish. Of course, the one-cent sales tax proposal on the ballot near the end of March did fail. Uh, and so now the school system is trying to find ways to fund teacher raises, especially with increased pressure uh, from nearby parishes trying to poach teachers. Uh, so one of the couple of things have come up. One is just sort of a, a, a thing that's happening this year. Uh, with an early dismissal a week early, and then we, uh, and I used early twice, I apologize, folks, usually I'm not that redundant, trying to do better. And then, of course, wrapped into that discussion was talk about a four-day work week for the schools. So yeah. uh, give us the rundown on all that. Yeah, so last week, uh, you know, we had that big council meeting uh, the Thursday after the one-cent sales tax failed, and uh, again, that failed by a vote of 54% to 46%, uh, 54 against. And so that led to a very packed uh, school board meeting. I mean, the, probably the biggest I've ever seen where, you know, teachers just venting their frustrations with their low, with, uh, low pay uh, treatment, that sort of thing. And then so there was also a couple of schools, as we reported, uh, Denham High and Juven, or excuse me, Southside Junior High that uh, had to cancel classes on a particular day Jesus, because because uh, a lot of teachers were, uh, you know, going on a parent strike. So, so there's been a lot of tension. And so the superintendent, Joe Murphy, has done a few things, made a few uh, recommendations to sort of ease teachers' workload for the rest of this year. Now, like I said, this is the rest of this year. We'll see what uh, what it does going forward. But uh, some of those recommendations were to uh, require or no longer require teachers to schedule parent conferences outside of school hours. So now for the rest of the year, they're within the teacher's contracted work time. Uh, teachers are no longer required to work athletic events. It's sort of one of the things that they have to, you know, that they all kind of uh, volunteer to do. I do volunteer in quotes uh, to work those events. Uh, now they will no longer have to do that unless they, you know, like I said, they just agree to do it without being paid. Uh, and then there's other and then there was another stipulation with a professional development day that ended up being a, just a half day for teachers. But the biggest thing was to end the school year one week earlier. And that was made possible because usually we have, you know, especially the last couple of years with all the weather related uh, uh, dismissals that they had, uh, they have these extra minutes built into the school calendar. This year, they have only had one weather related dismissal. So they, so they were able to they know that they'll be able to meet the instructional minutes for students by May 19th, which is one week earlier than the dismissal of May 26th. So after tabling that item during the March 20th meeting, the April 5th meeting of the school board, they agreed to they agreed to dismiss early. So now teachers will have that option to work virtually that last week. So that that was the big thing that they uh, they did. Like I said, this is not giving them raises. This is more so just to alleviate you know uh just to kind of ease their burden a little bit because that's one of the biggest issues that teachers have been pointing to is they you know that their their uh increased workload over the last few years and so this is a way to alleviate that but on that same token the school board created a task force that will look into increasing salaries so you know it's been well documented lips and parish is one of the 
uh, is in the bottom half of pay in terms of statewide districts. I believe number 38 uh, from a report done last year uh, has not improved any, is probably dipped some given that some of the other nearby parishes have given raises to their, to their teachers. So this task force is going to uh, look for ways to do that. And they're also going to explore a four-day work week. That's something that has been talked about. There's a handful of parishes in Louisiana have done and a few hundred across the country have done. And I believe one of the uh, uh, teacher unions president brought up that school districts in Colorado and Missouri, about half of those in each of those states have gone four-day work weeks. And there's some research that shows that it could, it could cut your budget by, you know, 15, 20% without having to lay off, uh, you know, any, without having to lay off your staff or anything like that. So could that be enough money to give teachers the, in Livingston Parish a pay raise? That remains to be seen, but that's what that task force is going to investigate. But the, the takeaway from that about the four-day work week is it's very unrealistic that that would be implemented by next year. That, that, that would take a, it's a lot of moving parts. The superintendent said to kind of I mean, you're really changing, you know, a whole community's uh, logistics by going to a four-day work week. So, so that is unrealistic to happen by the start of the next school year. But it's something now that is going to be looked at, uh, going to be seriously looked at in the future. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what that task force can come up with in terms of suggestions. Because obviously, as you said, I mean, it's just. You know, there's a lot of reactions on social media to the, I mean, a lot of reactions poured in just for the week early dismissal. Yeah. A uh, four-day work week would, would change a lot of things for a lot of people. There was, uh, you know, a little disaster about seven years ago. And here in Denham Springs, which is where our office is, um, the old city hall, or what they called wet city hall, because there's wet city hall, old city hall, and new city hall. Uh, <laughs> old city hall, of course, has been turned into sort of a museum slash tourist attraction. Uh, Wet City Hall was demolished, which was what allowed them to uh, the city of Dem Springs to relocate to what is now New City Hall. They have uh, transformed it into sort of a community space and had their official dedication last week. You attended. Tell us a little bit about what it's become, how they found the name, that kind of thing. Yeah, this is uh, the Municipal Oaks Pavilion. This is on Government Drive in Denham Springs, right next to the Council on Aging Building and close to the uh, across the street from the police station, and yeah, this was this came about. This is another one of those flood projects. Um, uh, you know, I believe you were there for the when I was looking at old store. You were there for the demolition of the wet city hall. It took in about five feet of water, I think, and uh, the city ended up moving to the old Capital One building on Humble Street. That's where they operate now. They had a complete renovation of the building and all that stuff. Um, but this this was something uh, as as part of that agreement with FEMA, they had to turn this into green space, and so that's what they did. It's a it's a not I mean really nice pavilion uh, has park benches, fans out there. Uh, there's new trees that have been planted around. But yeah, I mean this is just a space, and it's going to operate under the city, kind of like Spring Park, uh, about a mile or so away. Uh, but yeah, th this is just a just an, uh, another reminder of the what the city's gone through and what it's uh what it's uh what it's overcome i mean especially with the flood it's darkest the darkest chapter in the city's history and and so i mean you could see out the people were excited i mean it, yeah it's a pavilion it might not seem like a big thing but uh you could see the excitement on a lot of the council members who who had a hand in this pavilion i know Lori lamb williams and jeff wesley they were, were on the ta committee that was formed to to kind of see what they wanted this what 
this pavilion to be. And it's already, it's been kind of in use the last few months, but they had waited to do a, um, a big unveiling for whenever they uh, could get, you know, local dignitaries there. And they had the family members of some of the former mayors, I believe in the wet city hall, five mayors had served there. So they were able to have two of the families there. And then uh, uh, Jar Landry, who's still the mayor. And then Jimmy Durbin, who was, his predecessor were also there to receive some some proclamations, but, but yeah, just just a nice a nice pavilion. They like I said, they've already had things there. I've gone there a few times, but this is just a big unveiling of it. So now people can actually rent that space if they want to host birthday parties, barbecues, that sort of thing. Right. So it's going to be uh, it, it's just going to be a nice sort of uh, uh, symbol of resilience, yeah, and and a bounce back symbol. Uh, before we get into the food portion of the show, uh, some unfortunate news during uh, what is normally just a nice Easter Sunday uh, coming out of Walker. Tell us about that. Yeah, this broke yesterday afternoon on Easter uh, Sunday, and there was uh, there was a, a homicide that Walker police are investigating right now. It was in the, uh, let me get this correct, 28600 stretch of Walker South Road. I believe that's... Uh, there's an Albashas right there, and uh, there's another uh, there's another restaurant that's connected. I can't remember the name of it, but there was a body that was found there around 11:30 yesterday. Uh, employees found it, and they called police, and so the police have been investigating that. Have not gotten an update yet as of uh, as of anything new. But what was told to us yesterday was that the police believe that the victim is an Hispanic male who works in the area and that the victim likely knew the gunman. Police are also looking for a white SUV, possibly occupied by three male subjects in, connected, in connection with the shooting. So that was, the, that, that, was the, that was all the information we had yesterday. I know tonight the Walker City Council meets, and usually Chief David Addison is there, so hopefully we get some more details if they found anything else out on that. But, uh, but yeah, this is the second shooting uh, uh, that would be in the city of Walker since October. There was one. I remember a 27 year old was gunned down in uh, in a home in a Walker neighborhood. So yeah, I mean it's something that you don't really see in Walker. Walker's a pretty peaceful area when it comes to this sort of thing. But but like I said, second one in October, so that's what seven eight months. Uh, so yeah, we'll we we'll get some more information on that whenever, or we'll post more information on that whenever we get more details. Going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, so moving into. Uh, <clears throat> Moving into the food portion yes. of our show, uh, you're going to take a picture of a place. We're not going to spoil that for today, uh, but uh, the hamburger joint that has been coming near I-12 and Range Avenue opened uh, at the end of last week. Yes, yeah. Uh, Small Sliders, that's uh, based in Baton Rouge, and now has, I believe, seven seven locations in Louisiana. It's actually a, a, a restaurant or a new chain that's backed uh, partially by Drew Brees, so uh, you Saints fans out there. Uh, but, yeah, so this is something that opened in Baton Rouge, and now this is the first uh, restaurant in Livingston Parish, and I drove by there. I went and shot photos of a concert Friday night at Lachine, and I was driving back home. Uh, it was around 9 o'clock when I was driving back home, and the line was wrapped around the building. So, obviously, it looks like business is doing good so far the first couple of days, but small sliders if, in case you don't know they they specialize all day their entire menu is those small palm-sized hamburgers uh you get them in single patty or double patty and that's that's pretty much it but but they're very good i've had the, uh, there's one actually close to my house in baton rouge and uh, i go there a good bit and they also have 
shakes. Uh, they had the waffle fries. Uh, so, th so that's kind of what their menu focuses on. But yeah, they opened right there off of uh, off of Interstate 12 in the Aspen Shopping Center, I believe that's called. Uh, I, the same shopping center with uh, Purple Cow, yeah. Raisin Cane's, uh, Planet Fitness. Aspen Square Shopping Center, yeah, that's the name of the, the area. But yeah, so they opened on Thursday, April 6th, and now they are open, I believe, 10 to... 10 to 10 on weekdays and 10 to 11 on weekends. So, uh, so yeah, uh, you go check them out now. There you go. So now you all know. Well, sir, if you'll introduce yourself. Hey, this is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys out there for joining us for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Once a week, imprint on Thursdays. That's $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. Also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next time.